About uh, 10 years ago, our, our good friend, our illustrious friend, Megan Cho, here helped me understand a theology and a belief and to live it out. And it was this simple phrase that words are powerful. And words, words can create, words can destroy, but words can also be sticky. And what I mean by that, here, I'll give you an example. I'm going I'm to say some lines of a song. You finish it. I'm not going to sing it. I'm just going to say it, okay? Here it is. We don't talk about... Oh my gosh, you guys know it, right? This song has been stuck in my head. I don't even know how many times I've seen Encanto. But yes, we don't talk about Bruno. Oh, no, no, no. Right? So words stick with you. And so words can be put in a way or repeated or put in music that that helps that stick uh, with us. And so really quickly, what is a phrase um, that maybe your parents or uh, maybe a a family member um, would say over and over again? Just a phrase that you know that's their go-to phrase. Maybe it was a something, a saying that they would say, maybe it was kind of an exclamation, you know, maybe it was, uh, you know, like some wisdom. What, what's something that your parents or somebody close to you, what's a phrase that they use? Anybody? Here, I'll give you an example. I'll model. My mom always says, don't be sorry, be different. Now, what she's saying is, she's not saying don't apologize. She's saying, Tommy, if you keep on apologizing for the same thing, don't be sorry, be different. Like, change your behavior. This is my mother. And, like, still says this to me. Uh, I'm in my 40s, but she's like, don't be sorry, be different. I'm like, okay. So what, for anybody, anybody have one of those phrases from a parent? It could be in a different language, that's okay. You just translate it for us. Anything. What, what's a phrase sticks out to you from your parents or? Be careful who your friends are. Right. So, are you looking at anybody in here? This is your parents. Okay, be careful who your friends are. That's a good one. What else? Yeah, say it in Spanish. Right. That's a good one. Perfect. One more. Phrase or something that your parents just. Oh man. Wait until you're a mom. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. Wait until your mom. My, my, my mom didn't say a mom to me, but she's like, wait till you have kids. And she would tell me, this is what's going to happen. I'm like, oh, okay, mom. So obviously I call her a lot and say sorry. Um, so you were right. So uh, they, said it, they said that. The reason you know that is they said it over and over again, and that stuck with you. And so in John 17, we find ourselves with, with this Jesus prayer. And it's this prayer that, it's, it's this huge prayer that he gave right after he gave the final instructions to his, to his disciples. And then it's right before he actually gets arrested and then goes on to die on the cross and be raised again. And so this is the prayer that we find ourselves in. And there's three parts to this prayer. Let me break it down for you. In the prayer, he prays to God the Father in the first part. And then he prays for his disciples who are there with him and that have been following him. And then he prays for us. He prays for you and me, and though, he prays for those who would believe the disciples' message and witness about Christ. That's many of us in here today. And so in the first century, uh, if you really wanted to know a rabbi, so a teacher of the Torah or God's word, if you really wanted to know what they really believe, like their core teaching, you would ask them 
Rabbi, teach us to pray. Okay, so you would learn what the rabbi really believed if you asked him, teach us to pray, and then the prayer that they gave would tell you this is what's most important. We find this in Matthew 6. The disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray, and what does he say? He says the Lord's Prayer. In fact, we say that every week here, right, Pastor Elliot? Yep, right? We want to make it stick. And so he teaches the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6. And so when prayers are written in the Bible, they are really important and tell us what the author or the one praying deeply believes. So Jesus just spent three years with all these disciples, and just like our moms and dads, he would repeat things over and over again. Phrases, teachings, he would say it over and over again to make sure they stick. And so I actually need your help today. Today is going to be a lot of talk back, okay? I know it's, not, it's uncomfortable for us here, right? But I'm going to need your help today uh, with a passage. And we're going to exegete, or, or it's a fancy word for interpret. We're going to go into, get into the word a little bit together, all right? So are you guys okay for that? All right, here's what we're going to do, all right? We're going to, um, now, now, my friend Brianna, Brianna's in the back. They're doing a, uh, AV now, and I asked her, to do this 15 minutes before um, we started. So what's going to happen is the words that are in capitalized, I need you to say them to me. You with me on that? Okay. You're going to say them to me. If for some reason they're not, I'm always going to go like this to you. You know what this means? This, this is you. You do it. Okay. We ready? All right. Here we go. John 17. After Jesus said this, he looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come, Glorify. your son, that your son may, Glorify. for you granted him, we're going to do this a lot, by the way, it's a long, it's 26 verses, okay, so hang in there, for you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now, this is eternal life, that you know God, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you Glory. on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do, and now, Father, Glorify. me in your presence with the... I had with you before the, uh, you guys are doing great. Um, wait, I missed a word. Began. began. No, that's my, that's my turn. <laughs> um, began. <laughs> I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the, they were yours, you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your, word. now they know that everything you have given me comes from you, for I gave them the, you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew what certainty that they knew that with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the, but for those you've given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and have come to me through them. I will remain in the world. Oh, man, I messed up. I'm sorry. I did it like <laughs> you guys were like world. It's like all disappointed in me. Okay, no longer. Um, but they are still in the world, and I'm coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the one power of your name, by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be as we are. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe. That name you gave, by the name you gave me, none has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. Verse 13, I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your, and the, has hated them, for they are not of the, any more than I am of the, my prayer is not that you take them out of the, 
we're going to keep on going, friends. But that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the, even though as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your is truth as you sent them into the, I have sent them into the, for them I sanctify myself and they too may be truly sanctified. Here we go. This is the home stretch, friends. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's us. That all of them may be. Oh, that was weak. Okay, that all of them may be. Okay, there it is. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the that you gave me that they may be as we are. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the will know that you sent me and have. Sorry, good. Even as they have me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my, glory. the, glory. you have given me because you, me before the creation of the, glory. last two verses, righteous Father, though the, glory. does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me, and I have made you known to them, and will continue to make you known, in order that the, glory. you have for me may be in them, and that I myself may be in them. Guys, give yourself a hand. Good job. Way to exegete that scripture. I know it was a lot, but there's a reason I did that. So words stick with you. And Jesus repeated five words over and over in this prayer. What are they? World. What? Word. Love. Glory. Yeah, it's just, I put glory. but Right? Glory. So I heard glory. Somebody said word, right? I heard world. One and love. And so in this, we can actually discover both a pattern and a process. And that's what I want to open up for you today. So let me, let me encapsulate this whole, this whole long verse, these verses, this, this piece of scripture into one phrasing for you, using these five words. Here we go. To bring God glory through believing the word, which we live out together in the world, which brings us together as through love. I'm going to say it. I'll I'll read it for us one more time. To bring God glory through believing the word, which we live out together in the world, which brings us together as one through love. So to bring God glory, say it with me, to bring God glory. Glory equals being who you were created to be. Now Christ brought uh, glory to God by being Christ, by fulfilling who he came to be on earth. Right? He fulfilled it. That's what he's saying in these verses. He's like, I did what you asked me to do, Lord. I, I, have, I have been, I have lived a sinless life. I have been Christ. And he modeled that for us. And the climax of that is his death and resurrection. Now, we have the same pathway to take. When we become who we were created to be, that brings God glory and shows that redemption is possible. It shows that actually even though all the trauma and all the pain and all the sin and all the things in this world that deform us, that there's actually a way that we can be reformed, reborn into the person that we are created to be. This brings God glory when you are healed of something. When you grow and, and you, uh, you learn that you're actually precious, when you get over the trauma of some of your, your childhood, when you grow in that, when you actually become more confident in who you are, when you, when you live out the giftings of what God's given you, that brings glory to him. People are like, man, you're really good at that. I'm like, yeah, God's good. 
This is who I was created to be. Don't you want that? Doesn't the world want that to just be fully rooted? Like, I know who I am. I know, you know what it's like to be around people who know they're loved? I, I learned this from my children. These children are loved. They get, they get cookie shout outs at church, right? And they behave so different than how I grew up and the kids I grew up around. And they're starting to see that in some of the kids and friends that they know that are coming from difficult backgrounds and things. You're different when, you're, when you know you're loved. And so we bring God glory by becoming who we're created to be, to show that redemption is possible. So how do we do that? Say this with me. To bring God glory, say it with me, to bring God glory through believing in the word. Okay? So being who you were created to be through, how do we do this? Believing the word. The word is both scripture and the person of Christ. It's a journey of understanding God's word and the word of God, and there's a distinction there. So God's word is scripture. It's what we call the Bible. It's this, it's this collection of writings. This is God's word. This is a, we believe this is truth. And it comes through the word of God. And that word of God is the person of Jesus. It's Christ. And we know that in John 1, if you go back to John 1, where we began in this, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And so it's both of those things. And God's word is scripture, and we need to take that seriously, friends. Like, if you're struggling with, with the difficult parts of God's word, that's okay. Struggle with it. But don't just write it off. Don't just be like, oh, well, man, I saw this thing on YouTube, and it said it's fake. Uh, okay, maybe go to some other places, too, and just, you know, discover it for yourself. Press into it. Um, read more. Talk about it, ask about it, engage it, and figure out, okay, if I go from the premise that this is truth, help me understand this. Let's not be lazy in it. So God's word is extremely important. And then the word of God as being Christ is extremely important. That you would become who you're created to be, to give God glory by becoming who you're created to be through God's word and knowing scripture and saying, this is what the truth is about who I am, what I'm called to do, whose I am, not only that, it's the pathway to know the word of God, Jesus Christ. The more and deeply you know Christ and become more and more like him, this is how you become who you're created to be. And so you can't, now hear me when I say that, you can't know who you were created to be outside of the word. You, I'll say it again, you can't know who you're created to be outside of the word. You really can't know who you're created to be outside of truth, right? And we desperately need this. You need a place to be rooted to understand it, what the truth is about you. And you can't know that because you're made in the image of God. Then who is God? Well, this is how you figure that out. Especially in a world today that is so, so fluid and so relative in so many ways. I, it, it's, we need that rock to stand on. But here's the thing, go push through it, because there are, I got a lot of questions about this. Let's go figure that out together. That's God's word. And you can't know who you were created to be outside the word, the, the word of God, which is Christ. Like, you can't figure that out, because you won't have power over sin to figure that out. How are you going to get healed 
from sin, the sin in your life and the sin that's been done to you and the sin you've done to others without the power of Christ. That is the gospel, friends. You can't know who you were created to be outside of the word. So say this with me. Is it on? Next one. Here we go. Say this with me. So we bring God glory through believing the word which we live out together in the world. Embody the word in the world. This is extremely important. This is why scripture is so important. You listen, you learn, you understand it, you wrestle with it. Wrestling is really important with, with God's word. You wrestle with it. You get to know Christ, the word of God, and you grow in that, and then you embody that in the world. Like, you just can't know God's word. Have you ever met somebody who knows a lot of scripture, like knows Bible quiz and like knows all that, but they don't really embody Christ? They're a little hateful. You know what I mean? And you're like, how can you know so much scripture and you miss the word of God in that? You know so much of God's word, but you miss the word of God. And so we, we actually have to embody this in the word, uh, in the world. And you become more and more of who you're created to be. And, and what's even better with that, then those around you start to experience the hope and light of what you bring through your life. Did you know that's part of your responsibility? In fact, it's not just your responsibility, it's actually part of the plan. When you take God's word and you try to live that out in, in the world and you fail at it and you learn from it and you grow and you go back to God's word and you grow in Christ, the word of God, and then you try to continue to embody that in the world, that's actually the, the process of sanctification. That's a big word. But to become who you were created to be. So you can't just sit back, show up, and just be like, well, I, you know, I marked off with that. I went to church. I don't understand. But are you embodying that in the world? The world desperately needs that. They need to see that hope from your life. Your life brings light to dark places. And we work every day to adhere our lives to God's word and the example of the word of God. Are you doing that? I'll press on you a little bit. Are we doing that? Is that something you think about every day? Okay, man, what what am I going to try to work on today? What am I going to try to embody? And sometimes that's rest, friend. A Sabbath. It's all this beautiful stuff. The deeper you get into God's word, the more you can embody these things that maybe go against some of the ways you grew up in church. That's what wrestling with God's word looked like. And so say this with me. Next slide. So we bring God glory through believing the word which we live out together in the world which brings us together as one. Friends, suffering together is key. I had a friend, his name was Tim, and he was a, pa- he was a children's pastor at a mega church in, in the, the city I grew up in, and the church that I actually grew up in. And he was wonderful. He was an incredible um, children's pastor, and uh, he went on sabbatical, and then they let him go during the sabbatical. It's pretty sneaky, right? And it's super hurtful and lame. And it was, it was kind of political, and he didn't do anything wrong. In fact, he was really good at his job, and yet there was some political things going on in the church, and he just got let go, and it was really painful. And so after that, he decided, I'm going to go get healthy. i got to work all this out because he's really hurt and upset. And so he joins a CrossFit gym. And when he joins this CrossFit gym, I remember he was starting to get really healthy, and he was doing really well, and he's getting really strong. And, and I'm like, man, dude, this is awesome. And he goes, I'll never forget this. He goes, Tommy, the thing I was missing in the church is that here at, at this gym, we suffer together. And we do it together. We do hard things together. We have the same goal. We suffer together. And it's this beautiful thing that I didn't experience in the church. 
even as a pastor. And that just broke my heart. So as we take this journey together of bringing God glory through believing his word, which we live out together in our world, we realize it's really hard. Anybody? It's really hard. Like, I get why we try to go towards a religion that's very cut and dry, and if I just do these things, then I will go to heaven, I won't go to hell. That, I mean, that was how it was presented to me growing up. And as I got more into it, and I took this seriously, and I got into the Word of God, I was like, oh my gosh, it's so much deeper than that. There's so much nuance to that. There's so much, there's, there's so much tension in all that. Like, help me understand that. And I, and I started to really, and, it, and I kept on coming to the same conclusion. This works. This actually makes sense. And what infuriates me is what is, is projected out there, what many of us have experienced, doesn't. And it's like a bootleg version of this. And that bothers me. And so as we figure out, as, as we work through this together, as we have this common vision, this goal, and this lifestyle, it brings us together in oneness as we grow in intimacy with Christ because then you and I are suffering through it together. Does that make sense? That's very different, though, than just like showing up to an event every week together because we're in a time right now that we're, everybody's starting to question that. Why am I showing up to this thing? What, what are we doing here? We forgot that we actually have a common goal, a purpose, a, 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 you know, a direction we're going on, the same journey of suffering together to figure this Jesus thing out because we think it's the best way. And there's room for those of you who are not sure it's the best way, but you're coming together with us. And that's okay, and that's beautiful. And so as we grow together in our oneness, as we grow in our intimacy with Christ, and this, this is bigger than community. Community is so important in that. That's what my friend experienced. He experienced this community at CrossFit, but it wasn't, you know, it just wasn't just about the community because here's the thing I've learned. Community changes. Friendships change. Seasons change. You know, those things change. But are we on the same mission together? Are we on the same journey? And is that why we're together? To do this together? Is that why we gather? Is that why we're a church family? Is that because we have all committed to this way of life? And I can't do it alone. I can't. Impossible. It's not even how we're made. So if I'm going to bring God glory by, to be who I was created to be, it was being created to be in community, right? But not just for community's sake. It was just so that I may have intimacy and oneness, and I experience it here with you, and I experience it there with Jesus, and I invite others into that. That's beautiful. Our world needs that. And so it's that... It, it, it's suffering together because we want that intimacy with Christ, that oneness with Christ, and that is what compels us. In fact, these are one of the verses, by the way, of why we came up with the, with the name of this church. One Life City Church. You ever wondered that? Like, what one life? This is the life. <laughs> John 17. So there it is. It's one of our five words. And so read this with me as we come to the last point. So we bring God glory through believing the word, which we live out together in the world, which bring us together as one through love. Love is the anchor, friends. And it, and it has to be, hear me say, it, it has to be a love of Christ. Because just general love wanes. Things do change, right? You evolve, you, you grow, you become different. People, like I say, go in different seasons, and, and there's all that. In fact, now, if I'm really honest with you, I've been struggling with church. I don't know if you noticed, like, where is Tommy at? 
I've been struggling with it. I've been struggling with the change of community for me. I've been struggling with my time in life, um, you know, kind of middle age, five kids, career change, big move, like there's just all pandemic, war, you know, politics, all the things, the things that I carry every day, and it's been really hard. And as I was doing this, this sermon, you know how God does that. You know, he messes with you in a most loving fatherly way, but he's like, oh, okay. Oh, John 17, word, okay. Um, watch what I'm going to tell you, Tommy. And I'm working through this, and I'm going like, oh, man, I got to tell this to these people, and then I got to be real honest with my own journey. Because for me, I struggle with it. This space, this church, solidarity, this land, this neighborhood, I have poured a lot into the spaces, and things have changed, and in great ways. I'm not bitter in any of those. And, and so then I'm going through all, you know, people are talking about deconstruction and all this stuff, and we're wrestling with that. And as I'm wrestling with it, I just go, wait, but why am I doing this? Right? Because I could just bounce. Like, I could just not push into it. I could just not deal with it. I could just not have the conversation. I could just be like, yeah, I'm cool, you know. I do great things. I don't, but God's like, oh, pay attention, Tommy. Everything you're talking about, to be who you're created to be, through my word, as I go back into his word, right? As I live this out through the world, right? So that brings us together as one, which that was what I was wrestling with. And it comes down to this love's the anchor. My love for Christ supersedes my need for community. It supersedes my desires. It supersedes my life. It supersedes everything for me. Why? Because I understand the gospel. I understand what Jesus did for me. I understand how much he loves me. I have spent decades and decades wrestling with scripture, doing this exact thing that I'm sharing with you today. I've been walking through this for decades and decades and decades. And I come to the conclusion, I love Jesus so much that that's what anchors me. Friends, you don't anchor me. The church doesn't anchor me. My children don't anchor me. I'm sorry, a couple of them are in here. Don't tell the other ones, okay? My marriage doesn't anchor me. These are wonderful, amazing things that help me stay connected. What anchors me is the love of Christ. And maybe you haven't come to that conclusion, and I want to say that's okay. Wrestle with it, though. Figure that out. Is this really what you're about? Is this really what you believe? And if you, if you don't, okay, but at least go through it. Wrestle with it. Try to figure it out because for me as a witness, that's what anchors me. And that helps me push through what's hard. That helps me suffer well for Christ and with Christ and with you. It's because it's real. I don't come up here just to talk. I come up here because I'm a witness. Because Jesus prayed for me in John 17. And he knows what, what it's like. And then he even told us, you ever read all these things about being persecuted and how hard it is and how all that kind of stuff? And I don't even feel persecuted. So I'm like, shoot, I must be doing something wrong. But I know it's hard. And so it has to be the love of Christ that anchors us in it. That's the gospel, friends. That Jesus would die for me. That he'd suffer for me. He'd suffer with me. That he's the answer. That he can redeem all the sin I've done and the sin that I've done, that's been done to me, the trauma, the hurt, the pain, and that there's hope there. And so today, friends, I hope some of the words I shared today will stick with you. 
and that you'll remember that we bring God glory through believing the word, which we live out together in the world, which bring us together as one through love. Let's pray. God, I simply just echo this, this scripture back to you, Lord. And so, God, we want to we bring you glory. Help us to believe your word. Help us to live your word out together in this world. Bring us together as one in and through your love. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you.